and good evening, everyone, or good morning or good afternoon, depending upon where you are on this rotating globe. Welcome to the other side of midnight, that magical time between dusk and dawn when, you know, the stuff you just bypass during daytime and say, ah, come on, give me a break. At this time of night, it was traditional up until a couple of years ago to say that we would talk about things at this time of night that you couldn't really discuss in polite society in daytime when, when, the, when the sun was up. Now, of course, that whole model is chucked into an old cocked hat because weirdness is going on around us 24-7. And folks, it may not be decelerating. It may actually be accelerating over the next few days or weeks or even months because what we're trying to do is we're trying to match the curves of public discourse, the stuff going on, social chatter, social media, you know, news, main main news folks and all that. With this model that we have, that cyclically on this planet, we go through periods where the background physics, the literal etheric torsion field hyperdimensional model of reality that we've been trying to put together for 30-some years – comes to a peak, kind of, you know, rings everybody's chimes. I mean, I've said over and over and over again, just look around you. The good are getting better and the bad are getting worse. Well, we don't want that. We don't want to see bad get worse. But if you look around, there is certainly a panoply of all kinds of social behaviors. Well, tonight we're going to talk about something that kind of will connect these dots, will provide some interstitial glue for this model. Because remember, up until relatively recently, these kinds of discussions were dismissed by a lot of folks, most folks, as, oh, that new age nonsense, that, that you know, hippie stuff. Not anymore, because we've got measurements. Let me introduce my, uh, my first uh, guest and second guest for the first half hour, because Clyde's going to have to leave us. But Sam is with us for the entire morning. Next three hours. Dr. Sam Ismonagic is a Bos Bosnian-born Houston, USA resident, author, researcher, and businessman. He discovered an ancient pyramid complex in Visoko, Bosnia-Herzegovina, consisting to date of 11 artificial structures kind of masquerading as ancient eroded hills. These are, in no order of particular importance, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, the Bosnian Pyramid of Love, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Dragon, the Temple of Mother Earth, Renica Tumulus, Dolovi Tumulus, Genji Tumulus, the KT Cake Tunnels, the Underground Labyrinth of Ravne, and Ravne II Tunnels as well. When Sam found this amazing complex, and I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty because we have limited time, and I want to get right to what we're going to talk about, which is these amazing new measurements, which was, you know, many, many years ago. Of course, nobody believed him. And Sam has created an archaeological park with the aegis of the Bosnian government, which basically has carved out a preserve there in Bosnia to do something that most citizens cannot do reliably mm. with acceptance almost anywhere else in the world. And that is create a milieu for citizen science where folks with bright ideas and good 
logical reasoning can propose to Sam that with that pyramid or pyramid complex under his purview, he can conduct scientific experiments that would never be imagined by the mainstream. So in that context, a couple of weeks ago, um, actually less than that, maybe a week ago, some really crazy guy came to Sam with a with a really harebrained notion. What if you wired the pyramid during the eclipse, tried to measure what's going on with that weird radio beam sticking out the top and aimed up into outer space 24-7? And what if you, during the eclipse, got different results than when the moon is not eclipsed? And lo and behold, last night on the 27th of July of 2018, after a Herculean, you know, several days effort, as Dr. Osmanovich is going to report in the next few minutes, amazingly interesting results were recorded during the eclipse at the Bosnian ancient mega pyramid. And we will be discussing those preliminary results in a moment. Also joining us on, on the air, because I actually teased some of this on his show last night, is my old friend Clyde Lewis. Uh, Clyde is an interest in things that go bump in the night, like I do. And this is one of those things where it literally could go bump in the night. So we were discussing what would be the social implications if Sam's measurements turned out positive, if we could establish an actual energetic, unique link between that massive pyramid in Bosnia and the moon, 239,000 miles away. And lo and behold, well, anyway, let's, let's you know, enough of this teasing. Dr. Osmanovich, you're on the air. What did you hear last night? Well, first of all, uh, good morning from Bosnia. It is 6 a.m. in uh, Southern Europe. I'm very happy to join you again, Richard. And uh, I'm glad that you were the one who a week ago asked me to do some measurements during the moon eclipse. Obviously, it was a very important astronomical event. As we explained our listeners during the last couple of shows, what we have in the heart of Bosnia is a huge pyramid complex that really acts as a huge energy machines. We have p proven during the last 13 years that uh, the ancient builders were applying the elements of sacred geometry using pyramids as the most powerful geometrical shape when it comes to the energy to create machines that's been working for, according to the radiocarbon dating, for 29,200 years. So... The good thing about this project is that it is run by the non-profit, non-government foundation. So instead of like Egyptian pyramids being jealously guarded by archaeologists, we've been applying interdisciplinary scientific knowledge and we've been encouraging scientists from different disciplines to come, to join us, to test, to measure, to analyze, to date. So... Uh, just a uh, few days back, actually, uh, day, uh, one day back, we've done measurements uh, with our team of uh, electrical engineers. And the head of the team was engineer Goran Marjanovic from Belgrade, Serbia. And he's been doing measurements since 2010. And what we did uh, uh, on your website, we are giving the list of the 
equipment and instruments that we use during the measurement. Okay, well, hold it there. Uh, we tell everybody to go to the other side of midnight.com. When you get there, click on tonight's graphic for Dr. Esmonigich, the pyramid with the beam, you know, exiting the top. That will take you to the guest page. Scroll down till you get to Dr. Sam's items. And there is a series of uh, images. One, two, three, four, five. There, there are images showing what you guys were doing last night on the apex, measuring the field and the radio emissions during the longest lunar eclipse of the 21st century. Sam? Good. Well, uh, so we've been using the same equipment for years now, and uh, the list that we are giving you shows seven different instruments, starting with the Tesla meter, tri-field meter, digital multimeter, VF broadband amplifier, and of course the oscilloscope, S-meter, and the life energy meter, which is an interesting uh, uh, instrument. It's heliognosis model. It's scientific instruments to measure the level of so-called organ energy. So we've been able to compare results in the last uh, eight, nine years. The last measurements before this one that we did was in May. So May 11th, 2.35 p.m., we've done measurements. The next measurement was done uh, just before... How, how, uh, Sam, Sam, how long do these measurement periods last? Uh, you mean during the measurements? No, no. How, how long do you take measurements? Well, it's usually three times a year. No, I mean in terms of a, of a session, it how takes, long is the session? Well, the measurements... Um, Usually several hours. Yeah, that's what I that's bring what people I for uh, three days, and uh, we do several measurements because we have several locations. Of course, the major is the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, which is really the, the biggest, the largest pyramid on the planet in terms of the height. You know, uh, the Great Pyramid of Egypt, almost 147 meters. Here we have more than 270 meters, so two times bigger. And in volume, it is like five times the Great Pyramid of Egypt. But also the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, 190 meters, also bigger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Then we have a total of five pyramid structures. We have tumulus complex. We do measurements also in the underground tunnels. It's a huge prehistorical labyrinth which runs for tens of miles. So uh, usually it takes, you know, three to five days to complete all the measurements. But we, you know, do it in a very systematic way three times a year. But results usually match, uh, you know, when we do it uh, in this way. So last time we did it uh, in May, just two months back. And uh, the next measurements was done um, uh, five hours before the moon eclipse. It was uh, mm. exactly 5.04 p.m. on July 27th. It was like uh, four and a half hours before the moon eclipse. And then the next measurement was during the moon eclipse. Here in Bosnia, it started uh, at um, 9.15 p.m., lasted about one and a half hour, a little bit more. This is and totality. The, yes, the final measurement was done the next morning. It was about uh, eight, nine hours after 
the moon eclipse. So we were really able to compare the results just mm. before, just after, and two months back. The interesting thing is that the results from May and four hours before the moon eclipse match each other. So no visible changes. Ah. Now, wait a minute. Five hours before the eclipse, the moon moves about half a degree per hour. So that would be two and a half degrees or five times the width of the full moon in that period of time that you were measured. It was five times <clears throat> further out from the shadow of the Earth than its own, di its own uh, diameter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that means you're getting no effects with that closest sight line. These alignments to work which is why I really suspected this was going to work, have to be geometrically almost right down the middle of the shadow so you get the zero alignment, and that's when everything changes. Exactly right. So the measurement during the moon eclipse, uh, even though these are preliminary results, but the measurements show a significant increase in the intensity of the electric field. Why is the electric field important? Well, the previous years have shown us that through really the very top, and the measurements has been done on the very top of the Bosnian pyramid of the moon, it has shown that the electrical field is actually the most important aspect of the measurement, even though we can register <clears throat> the ultrasound, the infrasound, and so on, but the electrical field, it seems that it moves through the top of the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, going towards the universe, actually towards the sun during the daytime. And uh, the frequency, 28 kilohertz. There's a frequency, but when it comes to the strength of the signal, it has shown the significant increase in the intensity of the electrical field. And on the photos, on the illustrations that I sent, that it is on the website, it is the red signal, it's the amplitude. And it, it was three times. Oh, my God, look at that. Three times the increase. Bingo. When we, when we compare to the signal which was registered just, uh, you know, four and a half hours before that. So now that was that was significant. And even though I'm not an engineer, my PhD is, uh, you know, in Mayan pyramids, you know, in sociology, in the history of civilizations. Now that was amazing. And that is extremely uh, uh, high uh, effect of this astronomical event. So it seems really that our planet has such a strong connection to the cosmic bodies. And the pyramid of the sun do react to those events. Mm. That was the one thing. And then the, the next thing that the images show that the signal spectrum during the eclipse is much, much higher uh, during the eclipse and uh, as you can see, that the harmonics, much more uh, harmonics in the range that's been measured from 1 kilohertz to 62 kilohertz. So I would say, even though these are preliminary, but, you know, we can see on the first few photos that uh, we have very strong scientific arguments that the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun was... Uh, much more active during this event. 
What does that mean? I don't know how the pyramid can respond in a such a uh, in such a way, but it's been happening because it has been measured, meaning it's been proved. Now the full report we should have in one week with uh, all other instruments, but what we got processed is really amazing and i must admit that you were right that uh, there is a huge impact i was expecting maybe some but not such a huge impact on the bosnian bill on the sun and you know uh, a few years back when we got the first measurements for this energy beam and then ultrasound going through this beam and so on we concluded that probably there is some connection between our planet and all other you know, cosmic bodies, especially the sun. Why I'm saying the sun? Because the measurements we usually do during the daytime. And we noticed that uh, uh, the way this energy beam goes to the direction, for example, during the noon, at, at the noon time, it is mostly oriented to the south. In the afternoon, southwest. In the evening, west. Meaning it follows the path. It's of following the sun. The sun. So, yeah, because in the morning, the sun is east, noontime yeah. south, afternoon southwest, evening west. What does that mean? Does it mean that somehow the pyramid communicates with the sun, using the sun as some type of the cosmic gate, and maybe through the sun with other solar systems? So we said, well, it seems that we have the base of the cosmic internet here. Yeah, and the- exactly. And it's it's the torsion field. It's what's vibrating yeah. The field that generates electromagnetism, this yes. etheric field, the torsion field, yes. as the Russians call it, of it's course. the fundamental field. It's the genesis field, It's which was shown in Star Trek. So I figured there had to be measurable echoes going back and forth in that path length between the Bosnia pyramid and the moon passing through the center of the shadow last night. Clyde, you've been sitting there listening what what what's yeah. your reaction to the idea that what we predicted on your show last night we find is true on my show tonight? Well, first of all, I'm astonished and I feel a bit uh, a bit vindicated both for me and you. Uh, most of the time when you you explain to regular people or to some skeptics that you know that things like solar eclipses and lunar eclipses do have an effect on the planet. Uh, we knew prior to the eclipse. And on Antarctica, consciousness, on people, on living yeah, beings. On consciousness, yes, it affects us on a tribal level. I mean, it's something. You got that, it. You know, when we were, when, yeah, when we were, when we were, uh, our ancestors looked up and they saw the moon darken or the sun darken, it, it, it uh, affected them on a, on a very, very, uh, I guess you call it core belief level. I think it affects us in the same way, but most of the skeptics out there say, no, nah, it, it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't affect the tides. It doesn't affect. Do you uh, realize that last night, given the hemisphere over which this lunar eclipse occurred, which was Africa, Asia, Europe, Russia, China, mm-hmm. more people, more billions of people saw this with their own two eyes, not on SLU, not on the Internet, not on television, but because in that part of the world, that hemisphere of the world, most people are still living agrarian country lives. And they're outside in connection with nature, and so they could not help but be exposed to this, have their attention focused on this. So imagine the tremors in the force, gentlemen, when billions of people are looking at that phenomenon in the sky 
and thinking in the same direction in synchronization with billions of others looking at that thing in the well, sky. Imagine, you're looking at a metaphysical domino effect. You got saying, it. You got it. And I wanted Sam to be able to measure the damn thing, and he did. Yes, we're going to yeah. see. I think we're going to see effects. The effects are going to be uh, evident probably in the next few days. Well, my we'll friend who I wanted to get on the show, and I was unable to reach her, Maria Wheatley in, in England, who's the, uh, um, shall we say, alternative archaeologist who measures ancient sacred sites for energies by dowsing and other techniques. She says, and she said on a couple of shows, that the primary effects, Sam and Clyde, come after the event because they're not symmetrical in space-time. So when you do the really in intensive analysis of what you saw last night, Sam, mm -hmm. I'm also predicting you will see an asymmetry. The ingress will not look or sound the same as the exit from the eclipse. They are asymmetrical. Well, we haven't uh, processed the third measurement, which which happened like, the one, the one nine, like nine, like nine hours after the moon eclipse. But, oh, that would be so uh, interesting. Like I said, in a week, we're going to know the results. But Richard, you are right. This is very significant measurements. And in this, and you mentioned the torsion fields or the scalar waves. You mentioned the ether. Now, this is very important because, as you know, the classical uh, the science is talking about, you know, electromagnetism. It's talking about, let's call them Hertzian waves. Mm -hmm. They mean the radio waves. They mean infrared. They mean uh, visible light. They mean... Uh, ultra uh, violent rentgen gamma and so on and you know they can go through vacuum they can go through free space but electromagnetism you know we watch tv we watch you know we listen radio mobile phones and we know about that this is the classical but now we are talking about the torsion fields and yes the russian physicists they've been working on it for 50 years now and if we have the torsion fields they need the media to move and that's the ether. So mm -hmm. now Tesla and the whole, you know, generations of independent researchers who've been talking about it, it's proved that they have been right because the torsion fields, of course, they can be, you know, standing fields. They can, you know, but they can also move extremely quick. Not, not in the classical way they go from point A to point B, but they, they can move through the, through the universe with the unlimited speed. So instead of the speed of light as the you know the, the, the biggest speed in the universe, now we are getting something different, something that uh, can move from one end of the galaxy to another one almost instantly. And I think that the, uh, this research in Bosnia will bring the whole revolution, not in archaeology, it's the old thing already, but in the physics, in the astronomy, in, in the way people, you know, been thinking. And, uh, you know, I know that they've been teaching us as, as kids, you know, that 85% uh, of the universe is vacuum. There is nothing there wrong. There is always something there, some electrical particles that can mm. be used as a medium to, to move information, to move the energy. And, uh, See, the one thing, Sam, that I wished I'd been able to do is to get you an Accutron, because when you compare the Accutron measurements, which are basically changes of inertia, mass mm. and inertia, which is not electromagnetic. That's how we know this is variations in the underlying torsion field because that's what changes mass and inertia. 
the literal constituents of space-time, the fabric, the geometry of space. So with mm. the Akatron, that's what we're measuring. What I'd like to do now that you know this, <clears throat> this is real <clears throat> is to get you a set, a, a, a system, so we can install it on the Bosnia Pyramid of the Sun and set it up automatically to take readings you know, for months at a time and mm. send them by the internet to me and to other people. And we'll mm. just start logging statistically the cosmic variations as this pyramid is, is changing in relation to its cosmic brotherhood connections. I mean, this is the mm. cosmic connection that Kepler, you know, the music of the spheres, this mm. is what he was talking about in code. There were mm -hmm. so many people who talked about the music of the spheres, saying that the he was the would, first. He was the first. Come first, on, yes, the, the planets <laughs> would converse with one another. And uh, if you recall, Richard, I had uh, uh, I uh, presented on my program. Um, uh, it was, I think, a few days ago. The communication between Saturn and Enceladus. Yes, same thing, same thing. Yes. And see, the radio stuff they're picking up, like JPL has these receivers on the Galileo, and they pick up these uh, uh, you know, signals, not Galileo, but also Cassini. They're listening to the radio part of what's going on, but they're missing the underlying creation of what's going on, which is the torsion field changes. And that's yes. what and those Sam's fields. Pyramid now, yeah. there are ways to build technology to measure the torsion field. I've got one. It's called the Akatron. There are other ways to sense the torsion field, and we need to put our heads together, Sam, and think of some easy, cheap ways to do this because we need to get a full-time health report, not just three times a year, but 24-7 automated because this thing is breathing and vibrating and tremulousling and doing all kinds of other signaling in terms of the cosmic connection alignments. Exactly. Now, maybe again for the listeners who haven't been uh, listening to us before, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is a four-sided pyramid. Well, three sides have been preserved perfectly. The fourth one has been damaged, but still we are talking about the pyramids. The three main pyramids, Sun, Moon, Dragon, they form equilateral triangle. <laughs> Isn't that special? Between their tops, 2,170 meters, Sun, Moon, Dragon, and back to the Sun. Of course, equilateral triangle, the perfect geometrical shape in an angle at 60 degrees, part of the sacred geometry. Inside this triangle, in Adelan, the top of the uh, love Pyramid, Temple of Mother Earth, entrance to the tunnels in the river, another triangle, triangle within a triangle, again, sacred geometry. The ancients were very smart, they knew... Yeah, but Sam, it's not just any old ancient sacred geometry. In three dimensions, it's a tetrahedron, mm -hmm. which is the key to the yes. physics in terms of what's inscribed in planets. And the reason that the signals are going to be asymmetric going in and coming out is because the moon and the sun and the Earth are rotating, and mm. these signals come from the effects of their interaction rotations, like ripples in a ripple tank. Yes. What, yes. What do we find with the What do we find with the planets in opposition of the sun? I mean, we have this whole string. Of well, Tiva, hold that hold yeah. that thought right there, and if you can hang on for like another five minutes, we can get to that, because okay. the same night that that uh, Sam is measuring the moon. Remember, there's another celestial body that was hanging up there in the sky only seven tetrahedral degrees away from the moon 
the planet Mars, Mm -hmm. which last night on the 27th was in direct geometric opposition to the sun simultaneous with the opposition of the moon, which created the conditions for the eclipse. So, I mean, you had to measure something last night, Sam, and you really lucked out. You really lucked out. Tell you whatever and hold it there. We're at the bottom of the hour. My guest this morning is Dr. Sam Asmonagich and uh, Clyde Lewis, my old friend from Round Zero. And we're talking about history. We're talking about measurements, resonant frequency measurements made last night during the total eclipse of the moon, the longest eclipse of the 21st century, bang, right out of the box, okay? And Sam was able to measure with a range of technologies, all of which are listed on the other side of Midnight website. And we're going to get into what the Mars opposition might have done to the signals when we return. You're on the other side of Midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. Don't touch that dial. I want to talk to you in the audience around the planet tonight. I want to talk to you about the kind of meta objectives of the Enterprise mission and the other side of midnight, this radio show that you're listening to right now. As you know, we have sponsored a number of important research projects through this show over the last couple, three years. We've raised money for electrogravitics, for M-Drive research. Um, We're looking very hard now at this whole orgone accumulator technology and i want to use the accutron this inertial sensor which i developed following the lead of bruce de palma many many decades ago to put the accutron in an orgone situation in the accumulator or in an orgone blanket these multi-layered concoctions that somehow seem to trap or densify the ether and yes ether is real there's a physics of the ether And the problem is that it all costs money. It all costs funds. So we've added a new wrinkle to the Other Side of Midnight website. Over on the left-hand side, if you go to theothersideofmidnight.com and just look over on the left, you'll see under the uh, banners which say things like Home, Tonight Show, there's a Donate button. And there's also some Donate buttons in the middle of the page if you uh, happen to get the right show. But mainly over on the left, it says Donate Now. Normally, I don't like asking folks for money, but money is energy. Money is the ability in this culture to do things, to accomplish things. And as Father Tiso said a moment ago, there is a huge need and necessity for a game changer. We need to bring humanity back together to realize its commonality and not its differences. And that's in part what this show is trying to do with a variety of programs and Part of our research effort is trying to do with a variety of of, uh, projects there. So if you have some spare change, if you have more than spare change, go to that button. Go to the left-hand Donate Now button and click on it and send us what you can spare. Because communication in the 21st century costs. Everything costs. 
And welcome back on this Saturday night, the 28th of July. My guests this morning are Dr. Sam Esmonigich and Clyde Lewis. Sam is the guy who discovered this amazing pyramid complex, this extraordinarily ancient and incredibly important pyramid complex in Bosnia. And last night, he wired the pyramid, because we know it does emit energies. And lo and behold, during the eclipse, uh, as uh, Clyde and I were talking about on Clyde's show on uh, Friday night, before we got these results, we predicted that this should indeed, if the model of connections and eclipses, alignments, you know, tremors in the force, people feeling strange and a little bit out of, because something's happening in their consciousness field. Well, that's all kind of airy-fairy new age talk until you get measurements. And last night, Sam got measurements. So, Sam, what do you think uh, you're going to find when you tease out in the data the companion alignment of Mars in opposition last night during the eclipse? Well, first, uh, I was happy to witness uh, both events. First, the moon eclipse. We were, even though that day was cloudy and even rainy early afternoon, but uh, by the evening it was all cleared up, so you could uh, clearly see the moon going from its usual uh, bright color to light brown and then to dark brown and to reddish color. So it was really amazing view. And then next to the moon, very close, was uh, it looked like a bright star, but of course it was Mars. And mm. I've seen uh, such a beautiful view of a very, very bright planet. So, I mean, just... Uh, from that standpoint of view, it was amazing view, and I was happy to, to uh, witness that. Now, once we analyze all three results, just before the moon eclipse and during and after, we might learn something more about the influence of Mars. And uh, at this point, uh, I cannot tell you anything because we haven't done that, uh, you know, detailed measurements. But I think that uh, Mars had its role, of course. Well, again, we've got numbers, and, you know, I, as I said, you might be able to tease the details because there should be asymmetries because Mars was off to the side of the shadow of the Earth, so the, you know, the moon had to kind of pass pass through that uh, entry point. Clyde, you were, you were thinking of a question before we went to break. I was just uh, curious about that because of the fact that we had a number of people on the program after you appeared talking about uh, the effects, what precursory effects were seen, namely the idea that uh, uh, two things that we can expect. One, uh, we could probably expect some revelatory information that may jar us in a certain direction, that may change the way we perceive ourselves. And the other was uh, perhaps a planned war that would break out uh, within days, maybe uh, between uh, now and uh, you know Wednesday, which was an idea that was uh, uh, brought about because of, of course, the the position of Mars, depending on how you see it, whether it would be retrograde or or obviously in another direction, would certainly be sending out signals that would affect us again on a tribal level, on a on a level that would, would be a lot deeper than you know, it, probably in the same way it, it affected the the Bosnian pyramid when you're looking at ancient artifacts, you're looking at what's inside of us anciently, the very things that we've carried from 
generation to generation, we sense and feel that when, uh, you know, uh, when we had in Russia, uh, the, uh, the uh, sun turned black for three hours mm. because of some explosion in the sky. We had uh, Greece uh, catch fire. Most of uh, Greece burned. We have uh, fires all over the northern uh, part of Europe. Uh, we have all of these things that well, look at what's going on in California. Hope. That's our lead story on yeah. video with pictures. Yeah. Now, see, I, I look we at the synchronicity of all these things as not disconnected, but part of the same rise of the background physics, which like this Mercury retrograde, which we're now entering into. We now know from measurements that the geometry of two planets hanging in the sky relative to each other, you know, two nights ago had a measurable, amazing three times change in the dynamics, the energy dynamics of that huge pyramid there in Bosnia. Standard theory says this is impossible. Standard physics says nothing like this should be measured or measurable. But Sam, you're sitting on a powder keg because you're, you're number one on the runway, quoting Aldrin. This is amazing fundamental science that these ancient structures were designed and built for manipulation and use of these invisible torsion field enhanced energies. And imagine if you were able to do same measurements on the top of the Giza pyramids, Teotihuacan, yes. Palenque, Kohker in Cambodia, Shanxi pyramids in China. Peru, Peruvian pyramids and so on. That would be, I think, amazing. And then we would see how many pyramids are still active, mm. how they react, how, you know. So I think that uh, hopefully in the future, once the, you know, the science really opens up, we should be able to measure that because unfortunately at this point, archaeologists do not want physicists or electrical engineers or sound engineers on their pyramids. But of course, the purpose is not to have them as the burial place for the pharaohs or kings, but to have very active energy machines. You know, for those who don't know, the major measurements that we've done on the top of the Bosnian pyramids, first in the area of the electromagnetism, and we were looking for the source of electromagnetic radiations. And then based on the frequencies that we are getting, 28 kilohertz, the three institutes confirmed that the source has to be 2,440 meters either above or below the zone of measuring. Of course, above, you should be able to see some type mm. of huge iron plate or uh, <laughs> whatever. It's not there, so it has to be below the ground. And uh, uh, the next thing, uh, the ultrasound, we measure two lower frequencies, 9.3 hertz, the next one, 18.8 hertz, the central is between 28.3 and 28.4. The next one, 37.8, higher, 47.2. So the distance among peaks are 9.4 hertz. So, you know, uh, once you have such a, a perfectly regular uh, distances, you have to have an artificial source. Now, what we can see, you know, of course, you have electromagnetism. And during our archaeological digging, we've been finding so much quartz crystal on top of the pyramid, uh, on the sides of the pyramids. Inside the concrete, you can see in the cracks in the concrete blocks, we can find the 
pieces of quartz crystal. We are finding it in the underground tunnels. So, of course, electromagnetism, hitting the quartz crystal, piezoelectrical effect, you have mechanical waves, or, or in our case, ultrasound. So the ancients were so smart, they were using all these natural elements. They were probably adding some. They, were, they placed the pyramids above underground water flows. You know, water moves, releases negative ions. We have water flows under the ground, not only on one, but on several levels, meaning between the water flows, electricity is being generated. We measure more stuff like organ energy. Organ energy, ability to receive electromagnetism. Organ energy in the contaminated cities, 25-30% on the scale 1 to uh, 100. In the villages, 60. On the Bosnian pyramids and in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, 100%. Oh, it had so, to be. has to be. Yes. So, I mean, the ancients were smart. They used everything they could find See, in the nature. See, I think, Sam, this is where you're getting your healing. And I want to talk about it in the next uh, – yeah. when, we, when we get to the top of the mm -hmm. hour, we'll take – you know, Clyde will leave us and – you and I can talk about healing and, mm -hmm. you know, anecdotal stories and how to do studies and all that, because there's a real reason why this is so exciting. This mm -hmm. is a technology that we need to bring back, that we need to reinvent, we need to rediscover, because it was built at a time when a lot of people needed the, the torsion field of Earth raised, either in frequency or amplitude or both, and that's why they built this huge pyramid with a whole bunch of structures around it as mm -hmm. a sacred ceremonial place where people could come and have their fields recharged. Exactly. The, the nice thing about it is everything is measurable and we can see that the pyramid complex works on several levels. Now, of course, with the torsion fields, with the scalar waves, with the Tesla scalar waves, the communication device is of course the first one, but the communication on the vast distances, we are talking, uh, you know, within the galaxy or even between the galaxies. But then the good thing is, this energy field has been generated as so beneficial to human health, so beneficial because they improve the molecular structure of the water, food, our auric field, they bring our chakras back to balance, and so on. The ancients were smart. They were not thinking, you know, 2D or 3D. Mm. I mean, and, but, you know. But see, last night, if we can go by your measurements, a kind mm -hmm. of cruel rule of thumb, mm -hmm. last night during the maximum eclipse, if people had been inside or on the pyramid, they would have been exposed to a three times higher yes. positive field because it was amplifying the energy from the alignment of the earth and moon and sun which yes. is what it was designed, Sam, 30-some thousand years ago to do. Yes, yes. They're meant to hum like a tuning fork. Exactly, because it's all ultimately about frequencies. Uh, yes. I, I know, Clyde, you've got to go in a few minutes here. Anything more you want to ask Sam? Uh, simply that it will be nice to uh, watch the progress. It would be nice to also uh, determine precursory investigations into the neutrinos that were activated in Antarctica prior to the eclipse. I was reading about that the other day, sending out its own mm. uh, fast radio burst, sending 7,000, you know, they, you know, they, they can't uh, even keep up 
with the uh, neutrinos who are sending out messages. See, in, in, I have a feeling, uh, Clyde, that what we're calling neutrinos, and Sam, I don't know if you agree with me, is really a misnomer for tremors in the torsion field. Hmm. I wouldn't doubt that, I would say. Yes, I would, I would agree, because... Where the torsion field is, is life. Life comes from the torsion field. It yeah, see, you're, you out. have to model these detectors. Your detector says, bingo, I've got something. It's your yeah. mathematical model, your conceptual model, your brain picture that tells you, informs you what the thing you detected might be, but it doesn't come with a label. So what they've been calling neutrinos for decades, I've come to believe, given that I see an inverse correlation and then the sun of the emission of neutrinos with the hyperdimensional solar cycle. I think neutrinos are variations in the uh, torsion field, and they're interpreted as a particle. But remember, they have no mass. The universe is speaking to us, and uh, it in is literally, literally, yeah, it's not. Okay, uh, okay. Always- I I want you here for my surprise for Sam. Sam, <clears throat> your next mission should you choose to accept it, is to do the same measurements on August 11th during the total solar eclipse that's going to occur over Eastern Asia. You should be able to monitor the ringing of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun and the other guys, if you could you know, wire them, at the same level, if not more so, because the geometry of the solar eclipse is reversed. What we were getting, what you were getting last night, Sam, I think is a kind of a hyperdimensional echo because the real alignment is sun, earth, moon. So if you were doing your measurements on the moon, you would have seen incredible pyrotechnics in the in the displays. The fact that you saw it on the night side of the earth with a reflected energy information from the moon in alignment where the energy goes out and doesn't come back in tells me one of the things I was really hoping for is that the moon is resonantly capable of returning like an old EM sign, some of the signal back to Earth in that alignment. Whereas mm-hmm. on August 11th, we're going to have a direct shot solar eclipse occurring, you know, a couple thousand miles to the east of you. And you should see that pyramid light up like a neon sign if you get the measurements down correctly beforehand. I see. Well, I'll try to do it first one day before, exactly. few, hours, few hours before, during, and then one day after, so we can uh, uh, figure out the effects, uh, you know, just before and just after. But I'm glad that you told me that. I'll be planning on doing that. Yes. Now, when I so <laughs> first results, obviously. See, now, when Richard says measure, you're not going to say how high. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they are very significant, obviously. So whatever oh, is happening be around, yeah, cool. Whatever and is happening will, and, around us, yes. And you, you, you will see the geometry, the asymmetry in the geometry, extremely well in the direct mode, which is a solar eclipse. So, God, that we had instruments on the moon to measure last night on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been amazing uh, yeah. to figure out how that affected the torsion field, how it felt, uh, affected the electrical field around the entire planet. But you will be able to see how it affected the the fields that we all carry. That uh, you will see how people react and what what their reactions will be and what actions will be taken in some of the uh, power centers of the world. And I would say, uh, uh, you know, be a watchdog, be a storm crow. 
watch this all take place and you'll see that <laughs> yes that this whole uh what you came up with richard and what was finally discovered this whole thing is going to affect us in such a way that people will uh wake up and realize that yes the universe is uh speaking to us see this is with- how and i need to get my old friend rick uh, lewis on this is how the torsion field is speaking to us. This is hyperdimensional astrology. This is why alignments, where the sun is at your birth, where the planets are, it's not meaningless, unscientific nonsense. Science, up until now, has not had the technology to measure where the signal is. And that's why Sam's measurements last night are so important, because that shows us if you measure in the right part of the multiple spectrums, you get results. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> and your audience. Yes. And I think that uh, it's amazing that uh, you were able to be on that and you were able to reveal it. And I think that everybody is noticing it did spark a lot of talk, a lot of discussion. And I think this needs to be had. I think this dialogue we're having now is very important. I mean, nobody has these. Okay. Has when this, Sam is dialogue. done with. When, when Sam is done with his report, you know, this preliminary, I would suggest as your, you know, unofficial program director that you have him and me come back for like half an hour or so and give people a report on what this means and its significance for the next data point, which is the August 11th solar eclipse measurements. I mean, yeah, I uh, what was that? We, we could do another show sometimes in August with the both reports. Exactly. Full report exactly. on moon and then full full report on solar sometime mm-hmm. like mid of August or something like that. that would See, be I'm wondering. Time. Go ahead, Clyde. I said that would be the perfect time, I believe, that uh, after August the 11th, uh, we could come back and talk about this and, uh, and we could hear the results of the solar eclipse. You brought up something very interesting, Richard, and that is that I never really, uh, even this didn't even come to my mind that, yes, this eclipse that just happened affected more people on the planet than the last tetrad uh, moon sequence that we had. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that, yes, this is, this is very important because of how it affects the other side of the globe, rather than the, the globe that we're always focusing on, the, the America-centric side of all things. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to change the planetary consciousness field and get better outcomes than we've been getting you need other people in the conversation who are not sullied and hypocritical and cynical and so down on life because they're so mashed down by life that they're living that they can't see the stars. Mm-hmm. They need to see the stars because they're speaking to us. Yes. Okay, gentlemen, we got a few minutes left in, in this half hour. Clyde, if you could do anything, have you ever been to Bosnia? No, I've never been to Bosnia. Sam, I think he needs an invite. Both of you. I mean, uh, we're still expecting you, Richard. And uh, I know I'm working on it. Because the best time, you will be my guest here, of course. And uh, well, so. it was, I'd love to do it this fall, but as you as you know, you know, on our conversations, there's a couple of impediments I'm working around. Right. One of the things that's really a tragedy is, and the reason I couldn't send you an Acatron to do the measurements this uh, uh, yesterday is because mine broke. I stupidly, after the eclipse um, of last August uh, here on Sandia Peak, I dropped the damn thing on the floor, and we haven't literally been able to afford to replace it. 
That's how tight the finances are. So, folks, if you want to do something for God, country, and science, donate a few shekels to the Enterprise Mission. Go to uh, the donate button there, uh, connecting the other side of Midnight with Enterprise, and give us a few dollars to work with to get new equipment so we can wire the Bosnia Pyramid, hopefully in time for the August 11th eclipse, uh, with the Akatron as well, so that we get simultaneous readings in multiple wave bands to show us what this thing is responding to in terms of cosmic information. Mm -hmm. Because we need both conventional instruments yep. and alternative. Uh, but the nice thing is with the conventional instrument, the conventional instruments, you can even measure the stuff that could not be expected, you know, you know, totally, you know, alternative stuff like, like torsion fields, because they, they do show, you know, even if it is anomaly, they do show. That's nice stuff. And imagine if we can uh, have a wider range of instrumentation in our case. So we could be getting all kinds of results. So how are you going to describe this next week, Clyde? Well, I would just describe it as that, uh, you know, there's something big coming down, uh, coming down that we need to uh, discover and, and talk about. I think after this uh, major solar eclipse that's happening in Asia, I think this will be the, the, the confirmation we're looking for. We're still looking at uh, the remaining um, alignments and oppositions that are, you know, we're slowly pulling away from them, but still we're looking at uh, many other effects. I would like to investigate more what is being uh, seen in Antarctica. I'd like to investigate more uh, the so-called eddies that are now being seen that uh, scientists in Switzerland are saying that uh, they can compare them to black holes. And there's also a, a report that came out of uh, northern, uh, uh, north of Las Vegas that there was an investigator that found that there was a 20 millisecond differential that happened uh, just north of Las Vegas, and he was uh, he said the time slowed down. Oh, I saw that, that as a brief blip yeah. on the news, and of course the mainstream mangled the story totally. Yeah, but it sounded to me well, like we, he was measuring some kind of torsion effect. Yes, and that's the thing is that it just seems to me that lately there's been a lot of talk about torsion effects, a lot of talk about uh, the the magnetic field, its strength, its ability to shift. Uh, also something known as quantum tunneling, where uh, you go to these uh, quark cannons in Geneva and uh, you're firing them off from the uh, Large Hadron Collider, the quark cannon, there they have. And you're seeing that uh, one of the things they're attempting is something called quantum tunneling, where they just go and they're able to open up the conduit with an Einstein-Rosen Einstein bridge. And there they'll be able to, uh, and, then, and from what I understand, they're focusing their attention on Saturn. So it, it does make sense that Cassini was able to pick up signals from Saturn, speaking to Enceladus, then back to, from Enceladus to Saturn. And I'm sure they'll be able to pick up what these uh, sounds coming from Australia, not Australia, sorry, Antarctica are, and, and uh, we'll be able to figure out just what the torsion field is speaking to us. And it's speaking to us on an ancient level. That's the thing that's most important. Mm. It's a very, very fundamental level. The Earth is like a huge tuning fork. And we're the ones receiving the information. Now, how well, we just, just think about, as I said a moment ago, think about the literally billions of people on the night side of the world, on that slice of the planetary hemisphere, most of mm -hmm. whom still don't live in cities so they could see this phenomenon unfold. 
and they're all focused simultaneously on that lunar eclipse. What did that do in terms of resonance in the field, synchronizing billions of consciousnesses in terms of some of these uh, consciousness experiments that Arkdell used to do, and I've done a couple, and George Norrie has done some. And I mean, there's something real, really here, and that's why having Sam be able to measure it is so important. We will see next week. I'm sure next week we will see just how it affected everybody on that side of the globe. Hmm. I wonder what we will see in terms of news. Something coming out of Africa, maybe. Something coming out of the Far East. Uh, you know that North Korea was easily visible from the moon and vice versa during the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting if Kim Jong-un had a accelerated change of heart? <laughs> but that think would, about that it. Would be Think about yeah, it. If, if you have all these yeah. billions of people want, wishing the best outcome for their futures, what if that's how it manifests? Or something of, well, you know, well, maybe, go ahead. From what I'm gathering, I'm, I'm getting this, this vibe that it seems to be affecting people on a spiritual and religious level more so than any other level I've seen. I mean, I remember when the, the, the blood moons arrived and uh, people were talking about all this apocalyptic stuff, but nothing really synchronized. But uh, these past few weeks, there have been a lot of catastrophic synchronizations. Oh, my God, yes. Place. A catastrophic model that seems to be in, in, in effect now. Uh, now wait, when you stop. say catastrophic model, you only got about 45 seconds here. What do you mean? You mean real catastrophe oh, the or? The, the catastrophic model, meaning that we have catastrophe after catastrophe, catastrophe after catastrophe with no explanation. And the only explanation that I can go on is what you were talking about on my show last night. And that it, it just seemed to all come together. And you were saying, if we get this measurement, then we know for a fact that there, I mean, we just don't have the precursory. We don't have the weeks before, but we do have days. We have time mm-hmm. before. But now we'll be able to quantify this and investigate it thoroughly during this next eclipse. And I think it'll be fascinating to see the results. Yep. And we will let you know. Okay, guys, look, we're at the uh, top of the hour. I want to thank Clyde Lewis, who's been my impromptu eyewitness to history here. I I hope you are suitably impressed. Science is nothing if it's not prediction, and you got some really interesting science predicted here. Sam, you hold it right there. We're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we shall return. The singing of the spheres. Protected by a massive pyramid in Bosnia. Who would have thunk it? Ain't science wonderful? Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show 
recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll have access to a private chat server that member used to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that will be read on the air to the guest. And you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies. We realize that not everyone wants to call in live, and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate. Club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows, ask questions, suggest new guests, and I may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions. Also, the entire Bridge crew is in these participating chat channels, so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward, and boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. Thank you.